Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. his gun, went to his car, got his gun, 
and decided to threaten her. Hmm. Well, he didn't end up with a pat on the wrist like the others did. Nope. That didn't happen for him. He ended up being arrested on domestic violence charges and ended up also with a $100,000 bond. Mm. Well, that got us to our relationship conversation with the ladies. Hmm. Should the two of them been sharing an apartment even though they were divorced? Now, wow. <laughs> you know, there are some thoughts thrown out there, and, you know, nobody thought it was a good idea. At the end of the day, nobody thought it was a good idea. You know, but, you know, if you had to make this move, what would be some of the ground rules? Well, one ground rule would be nobody have any company. This way, we don't end up in the situation that they were in. Because, you know, listen, everybody's feelings are not going to be gone. Now, the, the, the question that just kept coming up was, well, were they divorced? Well, divorce does not necessarily mean emotionally separated, mentally separated, and believe it or not, sometimes physically separated. Yes, I've <laughs> I've seen some divorced couples still doing the do because they haven't moved on, even in that intimacy area. You know, so. Clearly, you know, we're not equipped to divorce and live together anyway, probably because monetarily, neither party can afford to really live on their own. You know, it's expensive out here. But, you know, it's really not the smartest thing to divorce and then still live together because even with the ground rules, especially that one. Who's to say that people are going to stick with the ground rules? Because more than likely, they won't. They won't. Somebody's going to, you know, everybody's going to start off saying, okay, but lo and behold, down the road, somebody's going to end up crushing that deal and now you're going to have problems. And, you know, listen, at the end of the day, you know, if you're an, uh, an unsafe couple, anything goes. You know, people don't play by the same rules that Christian couples should play by, let's put it like that, and, and sometimes do play by. You know, but if you are a Christian couple and you are seeking divorce, discussing divorce, and you realize that you cannot get your own place post-divorce, then uh, you might look into trying to get some counseling, trying to make this thing work, at least until somebody can. Because, you know, this here, that, that, that just, that's just a little bit above what we are really capable of doing. So why even put yourself through that? 
All right? All right. Well, it wouldn't be a perfect Monday if we did not have the switch tip with Shantice. And uh, the switch tip for this week, represent God right. Look again, we walk right into this. You know, again, you know, if you are a, a, a person who, you know, is professing Christ, then everything we do, we need to make sure we're representing God correctly. Everything we do. Because we're always representing God once we tell people that, you know, we are Christian people, we are believers, we are followers, we're saved, you know, yeah. Yeah, people are, 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 you know, they're looking for some stuff. And listen, whether it's stuff that they should be looking for, because most times, once you tell people that you are Christian or you follow God, or they're looking for perfection. And we're far from perfect. But just because you put that claim out there, they're looking for perfection. And you can't stop people from looking for stuff. Now, whether it's right or wrong, it's something else. But know that once you tell people that you were baptized and, you know, you saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, they are expecting they're expecting, and guess what? So is God. God also has his expectations. So, uh, hmm, let's get this thing right here. And let's remember that no matter what we do, whether we're speaking, whether we're acting out, whether we're responding, we're always representing God. And will you kind of slip sometimes and maybe the anger might get the best of you or you may not, you know, realize that you're not doing something correctly or, you know, something just might catch you off guard. It'll happen. It'll happen because we're not perfect. However, just make sure you keep in mind that you're representing God and you need to represent God right and uh, your success rate will definitely increase. Okay? All right. And that's how we spend our Monday, shaking the Monday morning blues. Well, today, it is Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. Yes, it is. And uh, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, I did see some newsworthy stuff that's going to make you go, hmm. And, you know, when we get to that church folk, period, we got some stuff to talk about. Yes, I got a story that's going to stimulate a conversation. Might be able to pick up where we left off last week. All right? So, uh... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, get that healthy breakfast, go ahead and tell somebody that it's due time where Pastor Steph is on, and whatever you do, don't go anywhere, because we will be right back.
like was a well-paying job, respectable, wearing a suit and tie every day, but I drank 24-7. Woke up, drank eight or nine shots of vodka, drank on the way to work, drank at work. I never could come to terms with admitting that I had an alcohol problem or a pill problem or any problem. I decided one last time to get clean, and so I went to the Narconon program. Not only did I handle my drug addiction, I completely knew how to live life. Unfortunately, 
you know, it's official. It's official. Um, Dad, 21-year-old Thomas Mosley, is a murderer. Two times over, officially. You know, so, you know, we just pray for the family. We really do because, you know, it's, again, you know, it's one thing to suspect that this is what's happened. But it's another thing to, you know, confirm that this is the case. So that was a listener-submitted article. So we say thank you, thank you, and thank you again. All right, we have another piece of short news. We have a recall on a particular snack here in New York. Now, I've never heard of this particular store brand myself. I've never heard of this, but, you know, we are, you know, in the state of New York, and I don't want, you know, us to be out purchasing this. But there's a store called Price Chopper. Price, P-R-I-C-E, Price Chopper Food and Pharmacy. And they have a brand of honey mustard pretzels. Picks, P-I-C-A, P-I-C-S, excuse me, honey mustard pretzel. And the 10-ounce bag has been recalled and what they forgot or neglected to mention that milk is um, one of the ingredients. Yes. And, you know, when you look at your bags or your boxes um, of food, the packaging must contain allergens, especially High allergens and milk, you know, dairy, uh, people who are lactose intolerant, especially to milk, they must list it. So they're saying that the store itself has voluntarily recalled this item. And I don't know why they decide to say, you know, they voluntarily decided to, you know, um, uh, recall. What difference does it make? They put it out there without the allergen information, so they just ought to recall it. What are they trying to say that, oh, the FDA didn't have to tell them to pull it in? Big deal. You're supposed to. You should have put it on the, on, on the item. Yeah, as an, I listed it as an item. You wouldn't have had to worry about recalling it. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed at all. So, what are we going to talk about today? Well, 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 well. Now, we talked a while ago about the gangs out in Haiti 
who have been going buck wild for the past couple years. So, oh, how the tables have turned. I keep telling y'all, stop believing that you will be able to bully people and people are not going to respond. People are not going to fight back. Every dog gets tired. So out in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, they say a mob in the Haitian capital beat and burned 13 suspected gang members to death. And then they covered them with gasoline-soaked tires and set them on fire. Now, I've seen this done in movies, and it's done, that type of killing is done by, let's say, um, gangs or the mob. Yes, when they're trying to get rid of you, and they want to torture you. So they, they pretty much either stand you up, or they sit you down somehow, and they put the tire over your body. So you look like a, you know, like a Frank. <laughs> it's not funny. That's the best way I could describe it. And your body is through the tire. They pour gasoline, and they set it on fire. So they're saying that this vigilante violence, uh, is really um, a response from the public who's angry over the increase of lawlessness from these gangs that have really taken control. They say over 60% of the city since July of 21 and the assassination of their president. So... They say that six more burned bodies were laid in a nearby neighborhood and some witnesses said that the police killed them and set them on fire. But they couldn't really verify uh, that story. So they're saying that the Haiti National Police gave a statement that said that the officers in the city of, now I'm going to say this, Canapé Vert, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but work with me here, um, section, stopped and searched a minibus for contraband. And after it had confiscated weapons from the suspects, um, they were lynched by members of the population, by the city, you know, residents. And they're saying that another time there were um, cops who were driving some suspected gang members. They had arrested them. And people in the community stopped the police car took the gang members from the police, beat them, stoned them, and then put the tires on them 
poured gasoline, and then burned them. Yeah. So they are, like, really revolting and going buck wild. They're now becoming just as bad as the gang members that they are after. And they said that they had, like, 13 other bodies just arbitrarily being burned in the street. So they say that, you know, now you have all these onlookers, you know, uh, standing around, holding, you know, shielding their um, noses from the fumes, and they're kind of, you know, celebrating. They're celebrating that all of this is going on. And they're saying that it's really getting a lot worse, believe it or not. I mean, could it be a lot more worse than, or a lot worse than, you know, setting people on fire? But they said that the tension has really, really grown over these past couple of years, um, especially when, remember, we did the story about um, when they had taken the, the for kidnapped the 17 missionaries, remember? Yeah. And they say that the people, the, the gang members who were burned, they believe that they belong to that particular gang. Uh, Breaking Barriers is the name, the English name of the gang. And they said that this is how, you know, they're responding they're going all the way back because remember now the assassination of the president was back in 2021 and the missionaries being kidnapped was in 2021 October so they've been holding this grudge man they have been holding this grudge they are tired and this is how they're responding and they're like we're not taking it no more and you know I mean, I can't say I blame them, you know, so stop burning people. That That's not, I mean, that's the furthest from what my feeling is. But, you know, when you think about, again, I keep, I've been saying that, you know, and that, because that's my belief. You know, you can't keep pushing people. You can't keep picking on people. People start getting You know, and we have seen, you know, all of this bullying and, you know, people then are going off and they're committing suicide. But I'm going to tell you something. That's the smaller side of it. The smaller number of people are going to get tired, fed up, and then go and commit suicide. The rest of these people are going to respond. And now they're kind of responding in a much different manner because you know okay so then they they've been known for not just this kidnapping here of the 17 we just got finished talking about remember they've been there've been some recent kidnappings and there've been a lot of shootings yes a lot of shootings um menacing by these gangs in these past couple of years and they have not been setting people on fire. That's the one thing that they have not been doing 
or they have not been known to do. And I guess they were like, well, you know what? We're going to put a stop to this once and for all. So I don't know how, you know, the gang is now going to respond to, you know, how they're behaving now to their to the public's revolt. But I really hope this does not, you know, go to this tit-for-tat thing. Because that, that's really not going to be good. If the gang members decide, you know, y'all killed our people, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, especially when they say the police took a certain amount of people and, you know, they killed them and left them out in the street and things like that, then it's going to really be bad. I'm going to tell you something else that's going to be bad if the gang members should decide that when the police made the arrest and then the public came and took the gang members and they could have helped that, you know, they allowed the people to take the gang members and they decide to respond, oh, that's not going to be pretty either. So, you know, we, we've got some... Uh, some stuff that's that's really beginning to brew over there in Haiti. And like I said, you know, I don't blame them for wanting to fight back because, you know, if they, remember now they're saying they've taken over 60% of this city. So then how are the people supposed to live? Are they supposed to live in fear? No. No, not at all. Not at all. Then they're going to be tired of that. They're going to be tired of that. Okay? All righty. Now, what else are we going to talk about here? I got a couple of goodies. I got a couple of goodies. All right. Let's see if we're going to go with this one. So speaking of murder, you've got this really sad story about a family who have, you know, they've suffered now with murder um, in their family, not once, but twice. So they say that there's this Janet Rice who was headed to the hospital last week, Thursday, and This is something that she routinely does as she um, is like a community advocate. And, you know, when she hears that, you know, there are murders and things like that, especially senseless murders, she then goes to the hospital to sit and be with the family. So she heard that there was a murder, uh, um, that there was gunfire. And one of the injured individuals was a 12-year-old girl who was struck in the head by one of the straight bullets. So she's on her way to the hospital to be with the family. While she's on her way to the hospital, her phone rings. She gets a call, and they're telling her that the young girl was actually her granddaughter. Now, this is a a 
double whopper for her because two years earlier, she had experienced a son who was killed, 20 years old, by, um, not two years earlier, 10 years earlier, it would have to be 10, yeah, yeah, it, back in 2012, I'm sorry, she, uh, she had a son that was 20 years old, and he was killed, and the granddaughter, who's 12, was actually his daughter. So in 2012, they lose her son, who was gunned down, and now here we are, his daughter, who's who was two years old at the time that he was murdered, she's now murdered by a stray bullet. And the, 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 the grandfather is a pastor, and they have made it their business to really, um, really help the community since, their son was murdered back in 2012. You know, he's also not only helping the community, but, you know, he's constantly at vigils for, you know, murdered people. He's constantly um, having funeral services for, you know, these bereaved families. And little did they ever expect that their granddaughter would be sitting in a car. They said she was sitting in a car. They don't say why um, she was sitting in a car, but wherever she was, she was in a car. And when these kids started shooting, she was hit with one of the bullets. So, again, you know, this is, you know, who would think that, you know, something like that would strike your family not once but twice? You know, so that, that's a lot to absorb, a lot to absorb. And, you know, again, you know, we, we keep these families lift, lift, lifted in prayer because, you know, to lose one you know, to lose one family member to a senseless crime, and, and especially that being your child, is one thing. But, you know, you're holding on. Can you imagine they're holding on to this little girl, you know, who was two and lost her dad, you know, way back when? So, you know, they're really probably trying to hold on to her real close because, you know, that's who they have in replace, you know, or to replace rather, the the son that they lost. So, you know, let's keep this family lifted in prayer as, you know, we can't even imagine what they're, what they're experiencing. Okay? All righty. Well, speaking of what a family could possibly be enduring, 
out in Florida, there is a widow and her family who is like really distraught and upset at the sudden death of Mr. Robert Jones. They had been married for 55 years. Marilyn and Robert Jones had been married for 55 years. They, back in August, were aboard the Celebrity Equinox. Equinox, however you want to uh, pronounce it, on a ship, on a cruise ship. And he suffered a sudden heart attack. And they, you know, they spoke to her. They spoke to um, the wife. And they said that she had one or two choices. They said that she could get off. They were going to go. They wanted their stops to Puerto Rico. So they said that they could store the body till they got to Puerto Rico. And she could get off and let them take the body. But she would be responsible for shipping the body back from Puerto Rico to Florida, as well as making her own way back to Florida. And they said there might be some delay because when things happen like that, they pushed to have an autopsy, and she wouldn't have any say over that. Or, because things like this happen on a cruise ship from time to time, that the cruise ship did have a morgue, and they could put, you know, the body in the the freezer until they got back to Florida, and then, you know, she could have the, you know, the the funeral home pick the body up. Well, she opted to have the body stored in the morgue freezer and, you know, just kind of endure the ride um, because she didn't want to go and have to do all this stuff from Puerto Rico. So when the ship got back to Florida, The funeral home employee that picked the body up said that the body wasn't in the morgue. It hadn't been held in the morgue. That it was actually held in a large walk-in drink cooler in a bag that was on a pallet. And because the cooler was significantly warmer than the, the the morgue that would be like freezing temperature, that the body had gone through advanced stages of decomposition. So the body, woo, they say, was visually, horribly, and horrifically decomposed. And they said that the body had started turning colors, had swollen up, oh, my gosh, and had really 
experienced a real extreme level of trauma. And they couldn't even have an open casket, which they should have been able to have, because the remember now, he only suffered a heart attack. So had he been maintained in the morgue properly, then they would have been able to have the open casket funeral, which they say they are accustomed to having in the family. And they were really upset because now, who can look at this body like this? No way for the for the funeral home to dress this body up. So they had they were forced to have um, a closed casket funeral, and now they're suing for a million dollars. And this is ridiculous. So here's what probably happened: they made the offer, you know, gave her the options. Because they had to. They had to. Because they probably were, it was illegal to pull that ship out of the, you know, out of the dock from Florida, not have that freezer working. And when they made her the offer, and she opted to keep the body on the cruise ship, they couldn't accommodate that. And they couldn't tell her that. So now they said that I think he passed away like almost like a day or two into the cruise. So there were like four days um, or five days where this body wasn't maintained in the freezer. So here we are. Here we are. Can you imagine that? So... You know, they, they they definitely, I'd be suing too. I'd be suing too. Because, listen, you, you, you need to take care of business better than this. Definitely better than this. So, again, you know, you've got this entire um, family really upset because, you know, this is the way they they sent their father back. They sent their father on a cruise. They were both like 78 years old, the two parents. And unfortunately, this is the way they get their father back. Mm. All righty. Now, I've got this other story, which is an update, which is an update to remember a couple of weeks ago. Now, it has to be a couple of weeks. The, 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 the black teen who was shot for ringing the wrong bell, remember? Okay, so here's an update to that story. So the man who shot the young boy, the teenager, his name is Andrew Lester. And remember, he's like 80-something years old, and, you know, so they were trying to, you know, get him off with, the stand your ground law, right? Well, his grandson, Clint, said that his grandfather has racist tendencies, and he was not the least bit surprised to hear that his grandfather actually shot the kid. 
And he's heard his grandfather make racist statements before. And that when he heard this, he wasn't shocked. He felt really bad that, you know, this had happened to, you know, the the kid. And he was on the side of the kid and his family. He said, I wasn't shocked when I heard the news. I believe he held and holds racist tendencies and beliefs. He said he decided to speak up because he was disgusted by the incident. He thought it was terrible. And him and his family, they stand with um, Ralph Yall and his family, and it was a tragic, um, you know, incident that took place, and it should have never happened. He said he's also tired of people getting away with killing unarmed, innocent black people. It's happening too often here in the United States, and that's why he felt he had to stand, um, to speak out. He said that his grandfather, he believed that his grandfather um, believes in some right-wing conspiracy theories, and there's some fear and paranoia that's been brought on by this far-right media, <laughs> and he's made racist comments about black people in the past. He also added that his grandfather, he and his grandfather really lost touch after the pandemic because they disagreed with some of the conspiracy theories that his grandfather had actually believed in. Now, other family members have said that um, the shooting had nothing to do with race. And one of those people who are speaking out is this grandson's older brother, so another grandson. He's saying, you know, it's sad and he wishes it didn't happen, um, but it just seems like a bunch of mistakes in a row that resulted in a tragedy. He says, I mean, a lot of mistakes all the way around, unfortunately. He doesn't think that um, Lester would have shot the teen if he had not gone for the door. Now, the problem is that Lester is claiming that the teen went for the door, but the teen is saying he never touched the door. He only rang the bell. And, you know, he's saying that, you know, his grandfather's side isn't really being reported. Now, Lester, the 84-year-old shooter, has a nephew who also came to his defense and saying that, you know, he he thought it was hard to believe that his uncle was not a racist. He's a decent man, and he probably was frightened when he heard his, bo- his bell ring late at night. And you know how things go when you know, an 84-year-old lives by himself. So, again, they're saying that he's charged with first-degree assault and armed criminal action. Now, the assault charge 
alone could lead up to life in prison if he's convicted. And the other charge um, only can, you know, is is a 3 to 15-year prison if he's convicted, prison term is if he's convicted. And the prosecutor is saying that there was a racial component to the shooting, but there's nothing that says that it was racially motivated. Now, here we go again with all of this mumbo-jumbo. If it was racial, racist, it's all the same thing. Cut it out. Stop trying to, you know, uh, 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 split hairs. You know, they say that when he shot the kid, he told him, don't come around there no more. Now, that doesn't sound like someone who felt like they were arming or, or shooting at someone who and who was defending themselves. That don't sound like that to me. But that's just Stephanie. That's just Stephanie. So, you know, young Ralph um, suffered a traumatic brain injury that he's still recovering from. Um, they said had the bullet hit his head a fraction of an inch on either side, he would have been dead. He would have been dead. So, you know, now, you know, this is, this is the talk, you know, racially motivated versus um, racially um, um, whatever. Listen, it's all the same thing. It's all the same thing. Where's my due time crew? Where's my due time? Let me, let me hear if I'm the only one who thinks this is the same thing. Where's Pastor Charlotte? Good morning, Pastor Charlotte. Good morning. How are you today? I am well, thank you. I am well. I am well, thank you. Uh, how are you feeling? Oh, you know, the sinuses. It's all in my throat today, too. But I'm here. Wow. I'm here. Well, thank God. <laughs> yeah. For pressing the pollen is hard today, so everybody's going to suffer today. It's going to be. Oh, okay. Well, like I said yesterday, you know, I, I have picked up some stupid um, thing here, and I've never suffered with this before, allergies. So it, it, it's really bad out here. So I feel sorry for those of you who have always um, dealt with this stuff here. All right, Pastor Charlene, we got the first two stories. You have either the mob out in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, who <laughs> they are residents who are revolting. They're tired of all of the violence by the gang members, and they've decided to take back, you know, their city that they say has really gone to the dogs. Sixty percent of their city is taken over by the gangs. We've talked about this before. Ever since they murdered and assassinated the president back in 2021 they're saying that the the <laughs> they went and snatched the gang members who were in police custody the police had actually arrested 13 gang members 
and they stopped the police. They snatched them out the car. They stoned them. They killed them. And then they put tires over their bodies and burned them. And they, um, they, they've been doing that a lot lately. They had some other, um, where the police ended up in a gang fight with the gangs and the gang members that were left on the street, they took and they set them on fire and they're tired. They're strictly tired of it. You also have the story of the woman, just a comment on the woman and the pastor who lost their son back in 2012. She's a community advocate. She was on her way to the um, hospital where she had heard that after some gunfire, there was a, a, a young girl who was in the hospital who was injured. On her way there to the hospital, she found out that um, it was her granddaughter who was actually murdered. Um, she was hit by a straight bullet as she was sitting in the car. And they had, 10 years earlier, uh, lost a son who was 20 years old. He had a 2-year-old at the time of his death, and that was the 2-year-old who is now um, dead. So they lost their son, 20, and their granddaughter, 12, son and daughter, and, you know, to this senseless murder. Uh, comment on each side, either side, please. Okay, I'll take the um, the grandmother. Okay. Um, of her losing her son 10 years ago. And first, my heart goes out to the, to the family, and especially when you're on your way to help a family and not knowing that it's your own family. So, you know, I'm pretty sure that once she got that call, you know, she was definitely broken up as well because you do, when you lose a son and that's just their kid, you know, you do tend to cling to them and try to shield them. And for her to be just sitting in a car, and, you know, it's just a shame because there's so many they just shooting just to be shooting. Um, and it's been like open corral over here where I'm at as well. I mean, you never know if you're going to make it across the street, you know, or just get out the building or just sitting in your house. So just to be, not even to be involved in it, but to shield and just imagine whoever she was in the car with, you know, because um, I'm sure she probably wasn't in the car by herself. And are you all right? Are you all right? And then you see that she's not okay. You know, just the thought of that being said. So when, especially when you're going to help someone else, you know, um, my heart just goes out to her. Um, and then where do we go from here? Because is that the only kid that he had? You know, so it's a lot of things that play into her mind. Um and it just reminded me of, you know, of trying to comfort someone else and when you need to be comforted, you know. So I experienced a little bit of that with my mom. My mom, I went, I was had a service for a family, 
and I was going to, we was on our way to the uh, cemetery, and right before we got there, I got the call that my mom uh, was getting rushed to the hospital, but I saw the Lord showed me that the sheet went over her that she had passed. So they end up comforting me when I was there supposed to be comforting them. So that wow. devastation wow. moment is, yeah, that devastation moment is, is something, you know. But they was like, Pastor, go ahead. We don't want you to go with us. We'll be okay. You know, go handle your family, you know. And so it's a lot when you go to help someone else. And then you end up needing that for yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you know, that's just something that you can't even imagine. Um, And they've been advocates ever since. They've been helping people ever since 2012 when they suddenly lost their son who was gunned down. And they've made it their mission to do this and now for them to suffer this a second go-round is, is, like you said, must be pretty devastating. Uh, you've got this widow who's 78 years old. She and her husband was married. They were married for 55 years on a cruise, right as the cruise um, had started. It must have been one day, day and a half into the cruise. He suffers a heart attack. The... You know, the the uh, cruise line offers her an option between getting off in Puerto Rico, which would have been their first stop, and, um, you know, letting them deal with the body, and she would have to find transportation for the body as well as herself to get back to Florida, and they also warned her that she could possibly run into an autopsy um, situation because the Puerto Rico would want to do an autopsy before releasing the body, so it would possibly hold her up even more. Or either she could have, um, you know, held, they could hold the body for her there on the ship in the morgue and get the, you know, get the, um, get the body back to Florida, and then once they get to the port, they could have the body picked up by the funeral home. She opted to stay on, the body to stay on, and, you know, go back home with the body. Well, when the funeral employee picked up the body, they found that the body was not held in the morgue, but it was actually stored in a a chill freezer for beverages, a walk-in cooler for beverages. And because of the difference in the temperature, because it's not a freezer, the body was severely decomposed, um, it had gone through advanced stages of decomposition. Uh, body was swollen. Um, it was horrifically um, discolored, and they were um, unable to have an open casket, which is what the family normally does, they say, normally do. And 
they are now suing for a million dollars. Lawsuit? Oh, absolutely. Not only just a lawsuit of getting that money, but that cruise ship would be my ship. It would be my new, that would be my uh, um, name on those ships now. Um, I thought when you were saying it, um, she took the option that, first of all, they shouldn't have gave her that option if they didn't, uh, couldn't handle it. Second, I thought of, I thought that they check everything before the ship goes out. So mm-hmm. how did y'all not know that? Especially when you stated that this is, Things like this happen, right? So they already should be prepared because of you never know when it's going to happen. If it did not work, you shouldn't have gave her that option. Second, she took the option of where that she could afford. She might couldn't afford, plus it would have been time, plus it would have been a whole bunch of stuff because now she got to get home on her own way. Now, for them to take the body and to do her wrong like that, and you said four or five days that yep. it was left on the cruise? Yep. Okay. So now, not only that, y'all going to also make sure that her, y'all going to pay for everything. Y'all going to pay for everything. So here we go. So you want to pay for the the service, you're going to give me back my money for the cruise, you're going to, I'm going to own the cruise, and you're going to give me that money as well. So I always say for people to get better, you have to hit them in their pocket. That's the only way that I see that people will understand. No, it won't bring him back. Will she still grieve? Yes. Will her family still grieve? Because now they can't get to see, and that's devastating to some people, that you can't get that last um, you know, uh, what do you call it, uh, visual of the person, you know, because there are some people that, you know, I'd rather just keep what I know already, and then there are some people want to be able to see them for that last viewing. That's the word I want, the last viewing, you know, so devastation once again, and she will always see that vision because I'm sure she said, let me see, let me see, so that's what she's going to see. Yeah. Yeah, they probably were not supposed to pull out with that freezer not working and probably held their breath hoping that nobody passed away during this cruise ship trip. And lo and behold, somebody did. And now Mm -hmm. you can't tell this woman because you might probably be hoping that she'll choose the Puerto Rico side. So... That's probably how this all ended up with him being on this ship for four or five days because they really knew from the beginning and they really was trying to press their luck and just hoping that, no, we, you know, what's the likelihood of somebody dying? Well, look at what ended up happening. Woo. Mm-hmm. All right, what and more? I thought about, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say this too. And then the smell, right? Yeah. Yeah. The amount of days, then the smells, like nobody thought about, you know, okay, what do we need to do? Let's get on the phone. Let's call somebody, you know, before she gets, um, before she even finds out about this. What can we do? You know, can we ship them over, come up with something to where that they would took him and took her? Oh, you know, ma'am, we found another way that we'll be able to get you off because we found out that this doesn't work. So instead of telling right. her that it didn't work, 
come up with right. something else. You probably, listen, it would have been cheaper. And, and a lot, because she saw $4 million. Now, it would have been cheaper had you just simply said, listen, it, it's not working. We're going to send the body and you home. Mm-hmm. That would have been cheaper. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. you wouldn't have had any headache. Now you lying, and now you got to deal with all of this. Yeah, that was dumb. That was straight dumb. All right, Pastor Charlotte, what we talking about here, when we talk about uh, Andrew Lester, who the grandson is saying, yeah, he shot that kid on purpose. It was no mistake because he is racist. And the other family members who are saying, no, you know, he's not racist. You know, it's just a series of events. You know, he was fearful of his, you know, afraid of being shot or, or being harmed when someone was breaking in his house. What do you think of the grandson telling the story? Do you think he should have outed the grandfather? I think that he, first of all, just always going to split the family, right? Because we all been done in this house, stays in this house, okay? We've done it. It's been done to us. We done did it to our children. Right, so grandson, he could have been racist, but he sounds like, too, he's mad, right? So by him being mad, it could have been not just that he was racist and he wanted to tell the truth, but he got, he probably had felt some kind of way about his grand, his grandpa as well, right? Personal, not for anybody else, but something could have happened between them as well. So a lot of times the family want to keep it a secret, so he told it. Um, is it wrong that he told it? No, he told us his true feelings of what Grandpa is. Um, he shouldn't have shot. See, at least first find out. Where is this at? Does it say? Is it down south? Uh-oh, I lost you past the south. Okay. Well, I know down south that, you know, They'll shoot you if you come on a property. So that was my thought as well, even going back to when we was talking about it, or did my phone go out? So I don't, I just say that it always brings a split in the family. You back, Pastor. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay I'm sorry, I was, I was talking to the mute button. Yes, no, it was so. in Kansas City. Um... Okay. Where the shooting took place, so but I I, I got your your point. You're saying that yeah, you know that's what happens. People tell, and now the fa- the family's mad. Oh, thank you mm-hmm. so much for joining us today, Pastor Charlotte. We hope you feel better. Let's say good morning to our Pastor Jeff. See what he's got to say. Good morning, Pastor Jeff. Good morning. How are you? I am well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm well myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're well yourself. All right, Pastor um, Jeff, what are we talking about here? We're we talking about the mob that's just the, the residents. I don't want to call them no mob. The residents who are tired of the gangs taking over their city in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, and now they setting the gang members on fire. Stoning them, beating them, and setting them on fire. Or we're talking about the family who lost not just the son but the granddaughter 
um, who were both gunned down a matter of uh, 10 years apart. Okay. Which 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 one are we talking about first? So you get to choose this morning. You get to choose which one you uh, want to talk about. Well, the the Port au Prince Haiti situation. I mean, listen, I, I you know I'm kind of with them. You know, <laughs> tired these gangs. You tired these gangs taking over. I'm tired of they mess. You know, it's time. It's time to do something about it. They they're killing your kids. You know, they drawing your kids in, you know, you know, got to put a stop to it. It's the wild, wild west. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's time to bring it to them. Let let them know they're not taking over and don't let them take over. I mean, you know, I'm with that. Let that stuff happen here in New York and the police ain't going to do nothing about it. And, you know, I got to protect my family and my kids. So, you know. Don't be a gang member if you don't want a tire wrapped around you and set on fire, right? <laughs> well, listen, I agree. You know, I've been saying for the longest time, how long do you think people are going to stay bullied and they don't respond? They're tired. Ever since the assassination in 2021, Pastor Jeff, of their president, they say, the, and we've done several um, Haiti gang stories. Remember, they also kidnapped um, back in 21 the 17 missionaries. That was a gang who did that, and they say that did the the mob, the 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 gang members who they um, ended up setting on fire. They were the ones. They believed that to be the ones who actually did the the um, the kidnapping. So they they just they just really revolting. They're tired. I'm with you. They're tired. Nobody's gonna keep on enduring this, and they're gonna sit now down and let you take over. Nah, people tired. People tired. All I, right. I never, I've never been one to let a bully, you know, just keep bullying. You know, even yeah. as a kid, you kept bullying me. You know, at some point, you know, I'm bringing it back. So that's how I feel. Everybody <laughs> should be. That doesn't surprise me at all, Pastor Jeff. When you say that, I am not surprised whatsoever that you did not allow people to bully you. You don't seem like that that type. <laughs> you don't seem like that kind. All right, Pastor Jeff, you've got this cruise line who was extremely negligent with handling this, this dead body lawsuit. Yeah, I mean... It's definitely a lawsuit. Um, they should have, you know, I guess the, the cruise line took a gamble, and now they lost. You know, yep. they, it's, it's definitely a lawsuit. You know, it's a lawsuit, you know. And there's opportunity for them to get some money. They can't bring their, their dead loved one back. You know, people are looking for opportunities now. So yep. the cruise line should have known that. They should have had all their, dotted all their I's and crossed all their T's because, yep. you know, now you're about to lose some money. Yep. Opposed to just being honest and just shipping the body and the woman back, that would have been a lot less headache, a lot less headache. All right, Pastor Jeff. There's the grandson who is outing Andrew Lester and saying that when he shot that kid, 
He's been known to speak racial, uh, he has racial ten- racist tendencies, even going back to the pandemic where he had those conspiracy theories and him and the grandfather have not really been communicating ever since then. Should he have outed the grandpa? I am against the grandson outing the grandpa because I'm put, you know, of course I'm against the, you know, the grandpa shooting, (laughs) you know, shooting the boy. But, you know, this, this is family. He already in a lot of trouble. You know, don't help them make a case against your grandfather. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, that's how I feel. You know, we, we, we family. We supposed to, you know, kind of, you know, just shut up. You know, don't don't help them. You, you know, so I'm against up. the grandfather. Okay, huh? okay, okay. You know that. I, I, I don't like I don't, I don't like a rat. I can't stand a rat. <laughs> All righty. All righty, Pastor Jeff. Thank you so much. We'll be back to continue our conversation. Uh, let's see what Pastor KL's got to say. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you? <laughs> Pastor Charlotte, that's a dig. That is a sh- Hey, that's a straight, that's a straight dig. You are not good. No, it's okay. No, no, listen, listen. It, it's like, you know, Pastor Charlotte's like, good morning. And then Jeff is like, yeah, go ahead and kill him. I don't like a rat. Go ahead. You know, <laughs> I'm like, what show are we on? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. How are you, Pastor Carol? I'm okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. What are we talking about? Are we talking about the mob? Don't catch, I'm not calling them a mob. That's how they keep. That's how the caption is. The 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 residents in Port-au-Prince, Haiti, who says I'm tired. I'm not dealing with the gang mess no more. Or are we talking about the grandparents who lost both the son and the granddaughter ten years apart to gun violence? Which one are we talking about? No, let's let's stay on the residents. I mean, and. and I'm, I'm in agreement with the residents. I really, really am. You know, at some point, if the law don't do their job, you know, we have to take it into our own hands because we're losing our children day, daily. You know, every day there's something. Every day when you say goodbye to your child, you really don't know if your child coming back home. So, yeah, that, I, I, I think I think that was all right. You're, you're too tired. One might get a flat. <laughs> Well, that's what they're doing. They beat them, stone them, and then put the tires around them and set them with gasoline on fire. So they are not playing. They're going, they going for broke. They're like, kill them all. Kill them all. All right. This cruise line business, you know, with the 78-year-old couple he dies, and they don't take care of the body properly for they don't store the body properly for the next four or five days 
lawsuit? Definitely. I mean, before you even said it, my first thought was it was cheaper to send these old folks home. It was cheaper. You know, because and, and then the other thing I, I thought about is that why why would you have this grieving woman jailed on this ship? So she, what, what was she doing? She wasn't going to the to, to, to the comedy show, or she was, you know, what I mean, what was she doing? Right. She was just there right. breathing. Right. Why, why would you, why would you put that on her? You know, now when, when, as Pastor Charlotte says, now when we ride, you know, uh, 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 shit pumpkin, you know what I mean, the pumpkin cruise line, then we'd have been all right. <laughs> you know, but, but <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out. You know, so, now, now I get it. You're so stupid. Oh my goodness! You know when you see the commercial, come ride with pumpkin. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! No, but I, I agree. I agree. You know they claim that if you know the the body had been off the ship in Puerto Rico then they would have probably had to endure an autopsy, which would have held up the body. Well, you know what? That just would have been what it would have had to been. Because I agree, you won't let her go another four or five days. She can't really communicate with her family because once you're out in the middle of the water, really there's no real communication with your people. So, you know, it, it's right. like, you know, for the next four or five days, yeah, she's like miserable. They've been married for 55 years. So now, you know, they, they went on this dream cruise ship, and, you know, now this is how you have to ride it. I, that was dumb. That was dumb. That was really dumb for them just not to just do that, and and especially when you knew your stuff wasn't working properly. So, you know what, they deserve to get every dime taken away from them. All right. Would okay. you have outed your grandfather, Pastor KL? Yeah, I would have. I would have. Um, it, it, it seems to me that there was personal stuff going on, that, that this wasn't the first time. He... What happened? I guess that's what happens when you would out your grandfather. <laughs> your whole mic goes out. I don't know what happened to Pastor K.L., I guess we'll give him a second to come back on. Uh, Pastor KL, hopefully he'll dial back in. Hopefully he'll dial back in, and we can get <laughs> we can get his uh his take on the grandfather. Well, two people said they would rat the grandfather out. Um. I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm hanging with Pastor Jeff on this one. You know, not so much, um, you know, because I don't like a rat, but more of I think with Pastor Jeff uh, that it's it's personal. It's it's personal, and I, I don't. I, the family is already going to be at a crossroads because you know we half of us agree on one side and half of us agree on the opposite side. And even though I do feel my grandfather is a racist, I don't think I'm going to talk about it. I don't think I'm telling people about that openly. So I'm, I'm hanging with Pastor Jeff. Hold on, here's Pastor KL. 
Pastor KL, are you there? I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. Okay. So, okay, you were talking about the grandfather. Would you have ratted him out? Yeah, I would have. I would have because, um, again, obviously this there, there's some history. So, so this is not the first time, you know, granddad was acting crazy. And then somebody was able to really speak the truth to it. Yeah, it it, it, it had to stop. You know what I mean? And, and you know, we talk about, well, he's going to do life in, in, in jail. He had one more year, six more months. He already 81. You know what I mean? How much, how much more life he got? You know, he, he wasn't going to suffer that much. Put him in jail. <laughs> I don't think they're going to put him in jail. I think these they're going to look at this, stand your ground. They're going to look at this age. He's 84. He ain't going to nobody's jail. It's even with the grandson ratting him out. I don't. I was reading this article last night, I'm, and I'm looking at. You know, they say for one charge he could face up to life, and I agree. He's already dead. He's 84 years old. They're not putting him in no jail. And they're saying the other one is like three years to 15 years. They're not putting him in jail for the three years. No, his racist behind is gonna be out here and dead on the concrete. He ain't, he ain't going to buy jail. They're not gonna, and they're really not going to put him in jail, no way, because they're going to have to put him in protective custody because they're going to be worried about the other inmates getting to him. They ain't going to no jail. So he didn't did what he didn't did, and he going to walk. He, they're going to find a way for him to walk. That, that's, so he, I don't he think he's going to He threw all Bubba don't want that booty. Into the religion, 
he said he was told or, quote, unquote, encouraged not to report it to the authorities. And the other elders of the church asked him, do you really want to bring reproach on Jehovah's name? So he held on to this excuse me, this information, and he said nothing. After a while, when he elevated, I don't know from elder to what they didn't say, but when he was elevated, he then found out that there were four other children who had been molested. And at that point, he said he could no longer hold it, and he had to leave. <laughs> he um he ended up subsequently reporting it to the authorities, and was hoping that you know they would do something about the quote unquote inappropriate behavior. And now he's saying he wished that back then um, he had opened up his mouth and said something. Um, They don't say whether these four other children were um, uh, molested after his daughter, but it just said that he found out that this um, sex offender had preyed on some other um, children, and there were four other victims. Now, I'm going to leave this open for right now without asking any particular questions, but Pastor Charlin, he claims that three things. He claimed he was so indoctrinated into the religion, that's why he didn't say anything. He claimed that he was encouraged on one hand, and then told on the other hand not to report it to the authorities. And lastly, he said that he was asked, do you really want to bring reproach on Jehovah's name? What what, what are we doing as an elder, if this were you? Oh, see, that's where you be. When you say me, I swear it gets a little confused. <laughs> okay, um... The reason I say that, because as a mother, um, and you did this to my daughter, um, just to still be living. So that's me personally. Um, Because, first of all, okay, let's let's go this way. As a, you can't hide behind Jehovah's name. That's one. We attend, it goes back to of people in the, Leadership are controlling the minds of the people. That was first what I thought of. Second, of not to tell, I thought of if it happened to mine, it would happen to others before you even stated of that it happened to others. So my thing is you should have said something. You should have been able to get this person arrested. Um, because of the fact that you are not following Jesus Christ. So that was my first thought. And I know that you said you're going to have some questions, so I will just hold it to there until you finish. All righty. 
Pastor Jeff, what are we talking about here? You're indoctrinated into the religion, and that's why you wouldn't tell. The daddy need to go to jail, all right? You you don't sit there and let somebody do something to your daughter and let anybody talk you into anything at that point, in my opinion. You know, if you was going to keep it quiet from the church, that man should have got castrated by you. Okay? You you don't you don't you don't you don't get that information. You know, this is your child. That's your first ministry. Okay? It's your child. And you don't you don't let nobody get away with with that mess. That man couldn't have walked around that Jehovah Witness place with me knowing you did this to my daughter. You know, and I'm going to keep it quiet. Okay, I'm going to keep it quiet, but then you're going to be quiet too, forever. And, that, you know, that's how I feel about it. You don't, you know, he, I don't care about that indoctrinated. They should have, when he did report it, they should have got him for child abuse. After all these years, you waiting to tell it now. You understand? So, you know, I, I'm not in agreement with what he did at all. All righty. Pastor Je- uh, Pastor KL, are you castrating <laughs> with Pastor Jeff? Well, well, you know it's funny because I I, I used to call um, uh, Pastor Jeff Pastor Jeff the the killing prophet, but um, <laughs> I, I think him, him <laughs> I, I think him and I would have been Paul and Silas in the jail because. Listen, I wouldn't have had to call the authorities because, especially since I knew who you was, we wouldn't have been talking with authorities. You know what I mean? Listen, greater work shall I do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. I would have been doing some greater work. I would have been doing some greater work. So, I'll just leave it there. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> you know, we allowed the sex offender into the church. Or do we? And we turn our back to his sin. So in other words, you know he's a sex offender. And you leave him alone with the children? Because he had to be left alone with the children in order for him to molest at least at least five of them. How do we bring these, these people into the church and we turn a deaf a, a, a dead eye to what they're known for. Is that part of forgiveness, Pastor Charlotte? No, personally, I think it's part of craziness. Um, because, like you said, if you already know that this person has this issue, why would you let them be in the youth choir, or, you know, or be around the kids, per- period? First of all, it should be known, something like that. It's like you give it the thief and you let him be the trustee, okay? <laughs> so, therefore, in the mix of that being said, that the minds of the people, and that's where it comes from. It comes from the leader because you said the leader allows who to be where, you know? So you allow this to happen and you just opened up the door for them to come into you uh, to come into the ministry and to destroy lives, not get the people delivered, not get the people help. You destroy lives much more 
than what you did because once he did it to the little girl, it affects the whole family. It affects the church family. It affects, it keeps going and going and going. And that's what happens when we have a deaf eye. Oh, that's deaf ear. Y'all know what I mean. Drugs. Okay. <laughs> a dead eye. A dead eye. A dead eye. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte, I almost flipped and said it myself. I almost flipped and said it myself. But do you let the sexual predator into the church? Yes or no? For you? Oh, you still me? No. No. So you don't, let, you don't let them in the church at all? I, I, well, let me, not, let me not say no. Let me not say no. You know why? Because we don't never know what is what is what. Okay, people come in with different issues. I will say this that I will keep somebody with you at all times. And if you start looking at the kids, then now we got a situation. So meaning the men, meaning the men will, you know, because we all have something, right? So we all came in and we don't never know who's looking at who. Now, this is well known when you came in. Did he get up? He testified. Do we know this for, um, you know, or is something that we heard? Okay, okay, okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I do, I do, I do. Yes, I do. Pastor Jeff, A, do we let the sexual predator in? Now, remember, when you have a, a, a sex offender, they have to, you know, make it public where they live and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, pretty much a lot of people do look, you know, periodically to see where the sex offenders are in the neighborhood. A, do you let the sex, sex offender in the church? And B, how do you handle their attendance? Well, I had a situation in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, with my rooming house out there um, attached to the church where I had let a sex offender, uh, you know, rent one of the rooms. He, he had previously, like eight years ago, molested a 12-year-old boy, okay? Mm. And I don't know, he might have been in his 20s when it happened. So the police department came to me and was like, you know what you got on here on church property? You know, why, why are you doing that? And they were angry at me for allowing him to live there and attend the church, okay? And mm-hmm. I felt like I had no right to not allow him to attend the church, but mm-hmm. I kept my eye on him. But they were angry at me for even allowing him to be there. But the church members mm-hmm. didn't have a problem with it, the ones that knew. And I kept my eye on the guy, you know, at all times. Okay. I had my deacons and my ministers and all of us kept an eye on the guy. And he was, looked like he was trying to live, you know, change his life. So, okay. what, you know, what could I do? Hold his sin against him, you know? I ain't leave my I ain't leave my son around him. You know what I'm saying? Right, I didn't leave right. nobody else's son around him. But this is church, and Jesus died for all sin, right? You just okay. know that we gotta we gotta keep an eye on these folks. Okay. How do you keep an eye on them? Well, I'm saying as as humanly possible. You don't you don't put them in positions. You know you don't put a crackhead. You know, in a, in a room full of drugs, you know, even prescription drugs, because you already know. 
All right? So mm-hmm. you don't let him run the children's choir. You don't let him run the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts or whatever. You know, you don't, you know, you, you don't be stupid. But you, you know, you let him stay with the congregation. Okay, okay. Just want to be, you know, laid out so people who are listening understand exactly what we're saying here. Pastor KL, A, do you let the sex offender in the church? And B, how how does worship go? How is the worship, how is the worship handled? I think you let him in on first and third Sunday because of Deliverance Sunday. And you make sure he's there first and third. First and third. <laughs> Second and fourth, he got a friend for himself, you know. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's funny because you, you, you said it as well. You know, the, the world has more of a handle on this than the church, you know, because as you say, they, they like here, there, there's a certain housing um, complex where they can only stay. You understand what I'm saying? They, they can't be a certain feet around a school. You know, there's a whole lot of rules, you know, in, in order to keep them from that kind of temptation. And, 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 and I think we need to do the same thing. Now, if you come to my church, you're sitting in the front row. Why? Because all the mothers and the old folks are in the front row. You don't want to see the mothers. So you sit in the front row, and, and I'm preaching. And after you leave, we're going to give you a holy hug and send you out of there. But, but again, you're not going to go on any... You ain't gonna be chaperoning with no no field trips with the kids, you know. We, we're not doing anything with, with with the children, you know. They they they, they tell me and, I, and I've never drank, but they said once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic, you know. Once a drughead, always a drughead. So I'm kind of thinking once a pedophile, always a pedophile. So so I, I'm I'm not gonna put you in a position where, where you can backslide. So you gonna sit right there in the front. Okay, okay, okay. I want to touch on, because now there's two things I want to touch on, but I want to go back to what Pastor Charlotte said. Pastor Charlotte said um, this is the brainwashing of the of the congregation. And, you know, we know that one of the, the Jehovah Witness is one of the um, religions that they consider a cult. Um, and they, we, all of us can be called a cult. We were called a cult, but they—they are, you know, they really are. They've really been accused of being a cult. You know, when you say indoctrinated, how are you so indoctrinated that you don't even speak up for your own child? How do you become that brainwashed? What What's your thought, Pastor Jeff? How do we become that brainwashed? indoctrinated into any religion where we feel like we can't even speak up for our own children. I mean, we talked about that already. You're sitting there not reading the word for yourself, not, Mm -hmm. you know, not seeking God for yourself. Anything can happen. I mean, you know, just like faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God, right? You keep hearing the word of God, you know, your faith gets developed, right? Well, you hear anything. Whatever you're hearing is going to develop and it's going to become truth to you. And they sit there and they listen blindly and they listen blindly and, 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 and repetitiveness is the key. 
Just keep telling you this. Keep telling you this. You're going to believe it, and that's brainwashing. I mean, it could be good. There's some good brainwashing. There's some bad brainwashing. All right? <laughs> but that, you know, they meditating on the wrong stuff. And and this is and exactly what what you said is exactly why I wanted to do the story in continuation to last week's conversation because of what you just said. You walked right into what the point that I was making in in, in doing the story. Remember, I said we could have continued the conversation, but I want to do the story because this is this is exactly why. Pastor KL, what, how do we become so indoctrinated? you know, into a religion that we don't even cover our own children. Because, you know, as, as Pastor uh, Jeff said, and like we said last week, you know, we're just listening to what people are telling us, and we're not researching it for ourselves. Listen, we're, we're caught up in the religion and not the relationship. So so everybody's caught up in the religion, and my religion says that we do this, and we wear something over our heads, and we wear skirts. We don't wear pants. These are all the guidelines from my religion, but 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 they are far from who knowing God. You know, they 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 they, they have no relationship with God. God has had not done anything for them. Has not delivered them from anything. So so here we are. We keep on going by the bylaws. We keep on going by the guidelines, and we we're, we're knocking it out to the teeth, and we still don't know who God is. Uh, all righty, Pastor Sean, what just what say you? Okay, um, so we heard about reading it for yourself. We also got the relationship, and my thing is who's surrounded in your circle, because all of it ties in together. So who's in your circle is who is in your ear to telling you you wrong, you're right. I'm with you, and we end up having this group thing, and now it becomes where that you think that it's a Jehovah thing, um, and where that once you once you are not paying attention, you are easily slide right in, and then you wonder how did I get here? So it's also whom you are around, because all of that is connected together. And if we really go in, because if you say something, let's go to the word to see if it's right. If you if you do something, let's go to the word and see if it's right. What would God want us to do? And that's what's going to help to build the relationship because we know what he wants us to do, even though we want to do one thing, but what does God say for us to do? And so, therefore, if we continue to follow the people, we'll never get to where the relationship to have with um, Jesus Christ. Mm. And kind of, again, walked into, you know, what what I'm looking at here when it says, you know, they ask, do you really want to bring repro- reproach to Jehovah's name? And I, w- I would really like each of you to speak to the audience. And to help them understand, you know, the difference between standing up for what is right and versus, you know, now you have to be concerned with bringing reproach to God's name. 
you know, to me, not saying anything was really bringing reproach to Jehovah's name, opposed to opening up your mouth. So, you know what, Pastor Charlene, I'm going to start with you. What do you want to say to these people? You know, we're continuing this conversation also from last week um, where we were about, you know, the responsibility of the pastors to ensure that, you know, we encourage our um, our, our congregants to read for themselves in addition to, you know, just making a move for yourself, understanding that you have a responsibility in this journey as well. Absolutely. Okay. So what I'm going to say is that even though first we have to stand for the truth, and the truth is God's word. In God's word, we have to be everything that we say and done should be connected to God's word. Even though you see something, you should say something. When you keep it privately, a lot of times what happens is that secret grows. And when that secret grows, you got to tell have another secret to co- to cover that secret, right? And then when you don't say anything, like I said earlier, it's many lies that are being attached to it that will be destroyed because you didn't say anything. So stand for God and know that we are supposed to protect one another. We have to show the love of Christ and to show the love of Christ of being concerned and being there for one another. We are not supposed to allow anyone to come in or anything, okay, as well, to come in and to destroy what God is building on the inside of us. One of the things, if you don't read your word, you won't know how to do that. So I say to you is don't just believe what people say to you. Always go to the word of God. You know that gut feeling, that spiritual discernment tells you, that Holy Spirit that lives and dwells inside you will tell you what you need to do. Stop overlooking and being able to do. Stand for God. Stand for his people. Stand for your brothers and your sisters in Christ and being able to know that you know it is wrong. This story has no, you don't, you already know as just a parent what you should do. So don't get caught up into what the, the leaders say or what you're being taught around you. Now it's time for you to open up your eyes because it was not pleased with God. All right. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Pastor Jeff, you know, the word of God doesn't say, you know, if something happens to my child in the church, I should tell. So where do I go from there? Holiness without. No man shall see the Lord. If you really want to bring glory to the name of Jehovah, then you shouldn't allow, you know, man to cover stuff up you know even when it comes to the pulpit you know it should be you know the place should be purged of 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 this nonsense and so the glory of god can come in so you do more damage to the to, to jehovah's name by by making excuses and by hiding like the catholic church you know did for years okay just you know letting these stuff go on because look what you're doing um, Jesus says, suffer the little children to come unto me. And then he says, 
you know, if you if 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 you cause them, you know, if you cause them to get messed up, it's better that a milestone be tied around your you know neck and you thrown into the water. So we 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 got we have to, you know, clear the air. We have to keep you know one little child being molested and you cover it up. What 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 are you preaching to that child? You understand? What are, you know what what are you saying? They said these people are standing in the name of God. And they're doing this mess, and then you covering it up, then they'll see God that way. So, in my opinion, you you know we 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 should eradicate it. We should deal with it when it comes. All right, and keep it open so the glory of God can be there, and His name lifted up. Amen. 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 Pastor KL, what's the word to our people? In regards to you know learning and doing for yourself, you know when I, I often say that when you read the Bible, you know depending on where you are in God, um, you get a different interpretation. When 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 people speak to you, you have to be able to interpret what they're saying. So here 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 the, the elder says, you know, do you really want that reproach on God? What what he was actually saying is that. Do you really want our church to look bad? Because this person is a member of the church. So if I say this, then, then it's going to bring it's going to bring a spotlight on the church. And, and and sometimes to save me, you know, we want to hide stuff. We don't want people to know that I've been abused. We don't want people, you know, to, to know that I, I've been through something. You know, when 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 you confess yourself and, and confess what's going on. You know, there can be deliverance. There can be a healing. There, 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 there can be a movement from God. You know, you know, we, we keep on trying to, to, to save the faith of the people, and we're hurting on the inside. I don't want, I don't want to tell nobody that, that, that Sally molested me, but because I don't want the people to think bad about Sally or about my family. But here I am hurting. So, so, so here you are trying to cover a building, but your child is hurting. How do we do that? You know, we, we, we have to be able to expose things in order for us to get healed, even in order for him to get healed. Listen, had he been exposed, he might not have gotten to the other four. We, 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 don't, we don't know what number she was. So we could have put a stop to this a long time ago. But we allow this to happen. And then how do you have a position in the church where where this is okay for you? Or is it eating you up? We, 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 have, to, we have to change our, our way of thinking. If, if, you, if you're truly in tune with God, then you automatically understand that, 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 that this would not be against God. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, pastoral team for your contribution into today's conversation and we pray that you have a wonderful day. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Feel better, Pastor Charlotte. All righty. Let's get this benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Galatians 6.18.
you know, a nice uh, continuation into last week's conversation. And it the reason why I opted to continue via the story is because this really shows what happens you know, when you don't study for yourself. This really shows what happens when you sit and listen to um, what people are telling you to do, where you become, <laughs> you know, when I looked at this phrase, he was so indoctrinated into the religion. I, I Personally, I, I read that as a cop-out. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I do understand that people get brainwashed. Now, if you say that, you know, you were brainwashed to believe that, um, you know, the, 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 the pastor couldn't do no wrong or, you know, something like that, or, you know, Sister Sally is really evil and, you know, you really haven't seen that for yourself. I'm sorry, that's one thing. But when you allow this thing, and, and this is common, you know, it's not uncommon. This ain't the first time. When you're allowing this thing here to make you miss the mark of being a parent, then this this has gone way too far. You know, you hear constantly the phrase, you know, ministry starts at home. And... You know, just like it's been said, how do we now minister and encourage our children to come into the Lord, come into the faith, choose God? You know, God is this and Jesus is that. How, when you have allowed such a major violation to occur, and you haven't even taught them that this is a violation that should not be allowed. That you as my guardian, as you as my covering, as you as my parent, you allow this to happen because it's coming from the church. But had it happened out in the street, had it been a teacher, a coach, you know, just a pedophile that picked you up off the street and kind of, you know, encouraged you to, to come into the abandoned building, that would have been so wrong. But because it's someone who was in the church, it's okay. And this is why we need to, as pastors, when we see people come to the church and this is new to them, and they're trying to learn, and, and they've made the decision to give God their life. And, you know, they, they're looking for a change, and they're looking to make things better. This is why it is our responsibility to encourage them. This is what you need to do. You need to study this word for yourself. And if you have any questions, I'm here. But this is what happens when people jump into church 
and church is supposed to be this, and church is supposed to be that, God is supposed to be this, God is supposed to be that, and we're not teaching them properly, or we're not teaching them at all. It is very much our responsibility to make sure that they learn the importance of reading and studying and understanding for themselves. That to just allow them to come in and just take a seat and just sit and listen. It's part of the training. It's part of teaching them the steps to salvation. And when we fail, this is how horribly wrong it can go. And that's why I said, no, let the story speak for itself. This is how horribly wrong this can go. Where you have a man who has a family. Because here's my thing. Where was the wife? Because you, you, you would have had to just about kill me for me to side with this garbage of not saying anything because Jehovah's name would be in re- of reproach. Nah, nah. Somebody's name would be of reproach, but it wouldn't be Jehovah's. Where was mother that she knew of this as well and dad was allowed Again, because we don't study for ourselves and we've got this servitude and submissiveness and uh, 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 you've got to be submissive as a wife if you're going to be in the church and you're going to be married to a this or a that and you've got to be respectful and you've got to be quiet. That's because she didn't study for herself and she understood her own power and her own relationship between her, God, her, and Christ. This is what happens. When you become a robot, it is no different. Shame on the two of them for failing their children as well as every other child in that church. Because even if no other child was molested, you still failed them because you left them open. So let, let, let's, let's make sure we understand the word for what it is. And if you've got a million questions, those questions can be answered. But study for yourself. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for coming through big time. Uh, Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to develop a personal relationship with God for yourself right now. Please do not Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares, where it's Wow Wednesday. Until then, I love you.
it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.